Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. I'm Dave Nassani, and we are here in the City of Angels. Uh, usually my co-host is with me, uh, Adrian Gruberg from the Big Apple in New York City. But not sure. She's in the process of moving and don't know if she's going to make it or not. But that's okay. I've been doing this a while. I know how to do it all by myself. As I said, I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com. And uh, we're coming to you live 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast platforms on 25 or so global audio videos. And that includes iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio. I can go on and on, but I think I would just bore you, so I'll just leave it at that. But we're very proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM. And number two, uh, Caregiver Podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60. And also number two on CaringVillage.com. We have an especially exciting show planned for you today. What is energy healing and can it really help caregivers and loved ones? Susanna Stocio, I think I pronounced that correctly. Stoika. Stoika. Oh, that even sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> Author of Healing Your Brain, Reclaiming Your Life. She has a PhD and many other books, by the way. She has a PhD in computer engineering. A smart lady. Worked on defining advanced technologies and has several U.S. patents. She's also a born energy healer, having done her first healing at age seven. I don't understand that, but we're going to get into that and worked with doctors since 1985. She's a certified healing touch practitioner. Don't know what that is either, but we'll find <laughs> out. And a healing method taught at nursing schools. And a certified hypnotherapist currently, Susanna, writes and lectures on topics related to physical and emotional health and healing, which caregivers need a lot of. <laughs> Being able to tune into people's energy field at a distance. Susanna has worked with people from the US, Canada, Europe, Middle East, Australia. Over the years, she has worked with a large palette of health issues, and she is especially interested in helping people with brain trauma, a lot of that going on, post-traumatic stress syndrome, et cetera. Our vets, as a survivor of two traumatic brain injuries on the same day, Susanna knows well the physical and emotional brain injuries can cause and that it takes on both the injured person and their families, as well as how difficult it is to find real help. She was invited to present her work at a conference at Harvard Medical School and was published in a peer-reviewed medical journal. I mean, how much more validity and accreditation can you ask from someone? Welcome to the show, Susanna. So great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Dave. I always like to ask the question, first question to my guest, just who is Susanna Stocio and why was she put on this earth? Get the answer to that one? I, I am a little bit complicated as uh, you were talking about it because um, I was really 
enthusiastic about my engineering career. And then one day I went to a course to learn about uh, some method inspired from medical, uh, from Chinese medicine mm-hmm. to help my husband with uh, his backaches. And to my utter surprise, my hands took off and I healed somebody. Oh, wow. And I didn't understand why I couldn't stop my hands and why I couldn't uh, do anything. It was like some other force took over my hands. And then when the lady told me that uh, she got uh, healed from something that uh, she had for over a month, um, she couldn't breathe well after some uh, flu and the doctors couldn't find anything why, uh, through the tests, nor could they help her with any antibiotics. I tried several. And now she was much better in uh, 20 minutes. So that kind of scared me as an engineer, you can imagine, oh. because I was very straight. So uh, what happens if I did this and somebody got well, the normal uh, way of an engineering uh, engineer to think would be, uh-oh, if I do the wrong thing, I can make somebody sick, which is not true, because uh, all healing is a matter of intent. So if you intend to help the person, that's what the energy will do. Uh, then uh, I was trying to figure out what I did that day. And uh, when I finally got to talk to my uh, father, he said, oh, I know you were doing it when you were seven years old. <laughs> so really? I said, what? <laughs> He says, yeah, you were doing since then, and uh, don't, you, uh, don't you remember when your mom walked into a window and she cut her forehead and we, uh, you had to bandage her? My dad would faint at the sa- sight of blood. So he asked a seven-year-old to bandage mom. Hmm. And I remembered that I was very surprised that I couldn't bandage my mom I felt the very strong need to walk my finger on the cut till the bleeding stopped. So I did that, I bandaged her, and uh, the bleeding was so bad that my uh, father called out the ambulance. And they got to the doctor, and when the doctor opened the bandage, the wound was closed. So he told my dad, if you would have come right away, uh, I would have put uh, have to put several clamps because the cut is pretty big, because that's what they were using at that time. Uh-huh. And uh, said, by the way, when did this happen? And my father said, about an hour, an hour and a half ago. Says, who did this? <laughs> my seven-year-old. <laughs> so he came home very happy that my mom was okay. So. And I forgot all about it, but I always had this uh, feeling of how can I help somebody if they uh, scraped uh, their knee, if they had a headache. I always, I was always there. And it it seemed to me normal because my dad was doing the same thing and and he was an engineer too. What was he doing that was the same? What was he doing? Uh, he knew very well what to do with us if we got sick overnight. So uh, when I was a kid, you 
didn't just go and walk into the hospital. You waited till morning. So if somebody had to do a rub down or a, a aspirin or what a hot tea. Did he have know. this this healing touch like you? He had this intuition, healing intuition like me. So this and, almost sounds like your ET touching a uh, wound and it instantly heals. Uh, this is this is very, first of all, unbelievable. Uh, unusual, and I'm not sure what percentage of the population uh, has this ability or this gift. I mean, you know, we watch on TV how these uh, individuals have this certain power; they can do, you know, things. But I mean, all that's fantasy. But you're you're talking about reality here, and you're telling. Uh, I read somewhere in your uh, literature that you um, that they teach some of this stuff in nursing school. Can you expound on that? To, to yes, let us there feel are like it's not uh, science fiction. No, it's not science fiction. First of all, I have to mention that in order to have these uh, amazing results uh, as a healer, you have to get in right away after it happens. You have then to do what right away? I didn't. You know. have to be there when it happens. The injury happens. Oh, be there right when it happens. And do it right away. If you wait. It's very interesting. You can't be as effective. Uh, and from years of working, I realized that what happens, we have this mechanism inside us which tries to keep us healthy. It's like a feedback loop. So we are in a healthy state. Suddenly we have a trauma. If the healer gets in and removes the energetic trauma, then Again, our system will uh, try to maintain still the healthy state. Now, if the unhealthy state, the trauma st traumatized state stays, mm. then our system assumes that that's what it had to maintain. And it's much more difficult to be as effective. Well, we so, know that the body is an incredible healing machine. I mean... Uh, Self-healing machine, it, yeah. It, I mean, it takes time, but uh, the mere fact that a that a wound can clot and stop bleeding, or that uh, you know, if you just put the skin together, that it heals, and and all sorts of things, um, nails, etc. But um, this seems to be a very accelerated thing. So, yes. what what does no. the nursing profession uh, do? They recognize this, or what do they say yes. about this stuff? Yes, they do. Uh, they have. Two nursing school uh, schools which do two different things. One is therapeutic touch, which is an older one, which is called the uh, use taught at the New York uh, School of Medicine, uh, the nursing school, and uh, the, it's also taught to people who are not nurses, so just lay people who want to to learn it, and it's a process. Several it takes several years to be certified. A newer one is a healing touch, which I am certified in, and that was uh, the program was put together by Janet Mangan, who was a PhD nurse at uh, Colorado Nursing School in Colorado Springs, and uh, this is also an energetic uh, healing methodology. And uh, there are uh, in certain 
parts of the country, uh, they like to have these uh, people who are nurses or non-nurses who were trained by healing touch because it takes about three or four years to get through the program. And you have to have a lot of practicum before you are certified. So it's a very serious program. Are you saying that anybody, me, if I took this training, that I could learn a healing touch? Or does there need to be some kind of gift there in advance? Uh, anyone can learn it to a certain level. Uh, I, I taught uh, very simple healing uh, methodologies to kids uh, effectively. I also yeah, have kids some very don't have a lot of uh, uh, prejudice and preconceived notions in their mind. So it's easy for yeah, exactly. a child if you tell them something. You say, oh, okay. Whereas yeah. we we are skeptical and and uh, you know yeah or resisting it. In fact, in uh, in my book uh, Reluctant Healer, I give a few exercises that people can try for uh, pain removal and also for perceiving the energy field. So it's something normal. Uh, it's only our uh, blockages stop us from uh, being able to do it. Now, as we, I uh, tell people, it's like playing the piano. You can learn to play the piano, and then you can be a gifted uh, piano player, right? So there are people who have an added um, intuitive gift who are able to, to look deeper into the energy field, to perceive more in the energy field. That's why these ancient tribes in Africa and in the deep dark jungles usually have some kind of doctor or healer or witch doctor or whatever you want to call them. And uh, they are thought of by the tribe as someone who knows how to heal, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. Healing is a much older profession than the medical profession. Before 100 years ago, we hardly had any doctors, you know, readily available. Uh, but uh, eons ago, we, there were uh, these witch doctors who took care of the prior. And they knew all the flowers and the bushes right, the herbs and, and the, the roots. herbs and so on. So pain management, let's talk about that because uh, a lot of us are in pain maybe from a herniated disc or, or a pinched nerve or something like that. Um, how effective is the healing touch when you've got uh, some trauma going on in there and the doctors say, well, you need surgery, we need to you know, do this or that, uh, and yet they're going through tremendous uh, eight, nine, 10 level pain. Uh, what's your feeling on that? It depends what is the problem. Uh, dealing with back injuries, the best is to find a good chiropractor or osteopathic doctor who does manipulations. The reason being that if you have really severe pain, it's a good chance that you might have a ruptured disc. So uh, it needs somebody who is able to do an x-ray to evaluate what's happening and somebody who knows how to do manipulations. Healing will, has a chance of helping, but it's much more difficult because you have to, to move something very solid with energy, which is very difficult. Yeah. 
Now, you wrote a lot of books. How many? Uh, eight or nine? How many? Nine. Nine. Yes. And uh, I was reading the titles, and they seem to take a progression, like like they're evolving from one thing to another. So, um, like you have a book, Healing with a Loving Heart, Discover the Power of Energy Healing, um, and then the one I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, talk about your books and how they have evolved into different subjects and how, uh, you know, your, maybe your interest, maybe you were learning as you were going along and wrote a, a book about something new. How did that all happen? Uh, originally, the first book that I wrote was requested by uh, uh, doctors and their patients who were referred to me. They wanted to understand more about uh, what is this healing, what is this energy field, and all the books. You actually have doctors referring you to patients. I was doctors at the one point are, have a reputation for being the most skeptical about yes. things. How do you explain that? Uh, I actually work in a medical practice, uh, helping doctors uh, diagnose complicated illnesses. So you're one of them. Yeah, I am one or of them. Or maybe you get better results, and so they say, well, what are you doing? Uh, hey, go to her, because I don't know what she's doing, but it's working. You think that's kind of what's going on? Well, what's happening is that um, we did actually a very interesting experiment at one point. We had somebody who had some pain in their leg. And uh, we had a chiropractor, a medical doctor, and me uh, doing a diagnostic on what was happening, as well as uh, afterwards doing whatever each one can do, could do for that person. And the doctor said, okay, it hurts, moved a little bit the leg, I think it's in the knee, I would prescribe, I would give him an x-ray and uh, I would prescribe anti-inflammatory. The chiropractor uh, moved it, checked the muscles, said, oh, I would do some uh, manipulation uh, he, I checked the muscle strength, and actually, yes, the muscles are tense, so probably he had an injury while playing sports, and both knees are affected. And then I did the evaluation energetically of the energy field with my hand, and I said, yeah, uh, I remember one, one knee was more affected than the other, and I said probably it happened so many days ago, and the direction of the movement was such and such. And uh, all of that was confirmed by the person who we were testing, and the chiropractor said I would do the normal chiropractic manipulation, so I said okay, uh, he did it. And then after he did that, then I did some more uh, with healing and it, uh, the person said it was okay. So basically, if you get all these different practitioners together, you are offering a larger palette of uh, healing options. And one of the things, actually, I had another practice who, who I was working with, uh, they would send me all the end cases, so-called, um, 
And they said, oh, we are not sending you any anyone anymore because you are making them well. <laughs> so, uh, but those who stuck with me actually ended up having a bigger practice because people were coming to them knowing that they have access to me. So wow. uh, doctors are, uh, would be really would benefit very much if you if they would have uh, you make healers them look or good. stuff. Yeah. Well, listen, Doctor, uh, you're not a doctor, right? You are. I have a PhD in computer engineering. Okay. Well, let, we're going to take a break, so we'll be right back. Don't go away. Dave Nasani, the caregiver's caregiver has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. And we're back with our guest, Dr. Susanna Stoika. And I'm Dave Nassani, Dave the Caregiver's Caregiver on the Caregiver Dave Show. And we have an amazing guest. I feel like I'm interviewing E.T. because she has these <laughs> healing powers and and the medical profession seems to give her validity and acknowledge that there's something different about her. And uh, the nursing industry is even kind of teaching courses on how they too can do what she does. She's taken the course, by the way, probably graduated uh, at the top of her class. Um, so what do healers do? How do they work? I know you explained a little bit uh, here, but um, uh, maybe you can go in a little more detail because it's still kind of weird. I agree with you. I have the problem with the weirdness too. <laughs> so I have to go through, a, through an adaptation, so to speak. Um, every living thing, being a plant, a animal, a human being, even a stone has a field. And uh, there are different frequencies. An and energy field you're talking about? Yeah. Is, An energy you know, a lot field, of people, a lot of mystical people, they say they can see your aura. Uh, is that the same thing? That's or basic, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what is uh, the energy field. Here's where you this start to lose people because they think of that this is having to do with metaphysical stuff and, and think that it goes against religion. I mean, I, I personally don't understand all of that. I used to be into uh, stuff that was very into that, but uh, you know, then I got into the Bible and and pulled away a little bit because I thought they were contradictory. They are not contradictory. Uh, the Bible talks about the soul, and basically that's what they call the soul. 
And uh, I, uh, the reason I am saying that that's basically what is called the soul, because I had experience with people in the process of dying, and I could perceive this energy field leaving. Mm. So this is you could actually see told, it, huh? I can I I can perceive you feel it, uh, it with my hands. Yeah, uh, typically. Is it warm? It, uh, uh, I feel it as, as a vibration. It's a very shiny uh, something that um, it's basically people start losing the energy from their legs and it comes out from the top of their head. Maybe that's and, why uh, Da Vinci and all the great artists uh, draw pictures of Jesus with halos. Absolutely, because uh, the strongest energy field is in, in our head area. So people who can who can see it and perceive it, I can see it sometime. It depends when I need it. Um, can see that that's um, uh, strongest because of the way our brain works. The brain has a very high frequency uh, field. Um, it's uh, this field, basically, when we are alive and healthy, it's completely inside our body, as well as going uh, past our physical body. And from what I have learned through my years of working, is this field, you can imagine, like a, a software program to the hardware of the body. Because when we are under stress, it's like when a bug goes into a software program and the field cannot work at its best. And that's what the healer does. The healer reestablishes the normal frequency of the particular field. And then the innate healing program, which every person has, is born with, is able to do its work. So the healer doesn't heal, actually. The healer only balances the energy field, enabling our body to function as it's supposed to be. Interesting. Now let's talk about uh, the number one killer of society, and that's cancer. What's your opinion of cancer and how to get rid of it? Uh, cancer is very interesting uh, in that I found repeatedly is that if you can find the emotional reason for the cancer, the cancer actually reverses. And it's not only my idea. There are books written about it. And only uh, one of the oldest books from the 80s is Getting Well Again, which was uh, written by a, a radiation oncologist. And he noticed that people who had very bad expectation with the cancer got well. And some people who were supposed to get well actually passed away. And he was intrigued by it. And when he studied these people, he found that the patients who were actively engaged in their care, who was questioning everything, why, and being very determined to help themselves and go through 
finding the reason for their illness were those who were surviving, even if they uh, had a very bad prognosis. So uh, if somebody has cancer, the first thing I recommend for people is find a good person who you can do emotional work with. Figure out why do you have that cancer? What is the emotional connection? I think everybody not... agrees that uh, stress plays a big part in cancer, uh, uh, getting it and um, getting rid of it, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the reason, if what's happening from energetic point of view when you have cancer, uh, usually it's a long-term uh, illness. Cancer is in our bodies because there are certain cells that are not perfect, but your body uh, has an immune system which deals with it and just uh, cleans them up. Mm. Now, when we are under stress, our energy field cannot work properly, so our cell replication doesn't function, doesn't work properly, and that was described by uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton in his uh, book, Biology of Belief, that uh, actually proteins curve in our cells when we are under stress. So if the proteins curve, what happens to the DNA, which is a helix? It will, it will tighten. So when the uh, part of the helix which goes to the new cell, which is called the RNA, uh, uh, partitions away from the other half, the partitioning doesn't happen properly. So you have damaged cells. Now, if you are able to find the reason for the stress, the extreme stress, and release that stress or find the solution for whatever problem it is, because people usually believe that it's a problem which cannot be solved. So if you solve that problem, you have a good chance of uh, recovery. And uh, for example, I had a case of a woman uh, who had uh, one breast removed because of breast cancer, but her uh, cancer tests were still bad. And the doctor told her that it's only a matter of time till she gets cancer again. And she had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Wow. And uh, so her doctor sent her to me. And as, as I, did, I am a hypnotherapist too, and I did hypnotherapy, and we found out that uh, her problem was um, that she was put in a situation to help with uh, church work, her husband's church work. She wasn't, she wasn't uh, crazy about it, but she did it for her husband. Churches are notorious she... for burning out people <laughs> with yeah. more and more and more work. When, when you do a good job, they reward you with more work, and then it's, yeah. it's a shame. That's any, that's any job, right? Yeah, <laughs> Gives true. a job to somebody who is busy and it will be done. And then when they burn out, it takes three people to replace what they do. Exactly. So this woman was charged with getting money from the richer parishioner and give it to the poorer ones. 
So what happened? She did such a good job that a lot of new people came to the church. But at one point, the richer punishioner told her, look, I gave and gave and gave. I, I don't have unlimited resources. I can't give you anymore. So here she was with people asking for help, and she couldn't provide it. And the richer punishioner being upset with her that she was constantly asking for money. So she had a solution. She got a cancer. So when we... We found out the reason for it. I said, um, we did several healings, so she was, uh, her self-esteem was much better. And uh, so I told her, it's time to go to your husband and tell him, look, this is what the reason of my uh, cancer. And uh, what do you prefer, to raise the kids by yourself or I can uh, give up my job at the church? And her husband said, of course, of course, I don't want you to, to do it if you don't want to. So she comes back, she says, yeah, now my husband is uh, okay, but what do I do with the priest? And I said, okay, uh, you go to the priest, you tell him that you did it for a while, and uh, you would like to do something else. And uh, she said, okay. I'll try that. So she went and uh, she spoke with the priest and uh, the priest said, don't even think about doing anything. Just take care of yourself. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I will give it to somebody else. So she was relieved. She had tests, blood tests. Her blood tests were better than 15 years prior. And uh, her cancer manifested two years prior to our meeting. So that's the power of emotions. I can't hear you. Sorry, I was muted. Let's talk about uh, burned out caregivers, which is uh, our audience. And, and um, what's, what's the, psycholo the psychology of a, of a caregiver? They, they're kind of like that, that person you gave an example in the church. They give and they give and they give. and and you know they're supposed to put their needs first, their oxygen mask on first. But no, 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 no. You know they're they're the person on the plane who are going to help their child with the mask, and then they black out, and now they're both in trouble. So how can how can you help people like this who who just uh, don't know how to uh, do the self care thing? Their needs are last. Yeah, the problem with uh, caregivers is that. Uh, usually people who are good caregivers are outwardly focused. So they constantly look at the needs of others and they forget about themselves, which is a mistake because once you are down and out, you can't help anyone anymore. The other idea is that People believe that you need to have expensive equipment, a lot of time to take care of yourself, a lot of money, but it, it's really not that expensive and it's not that much time. And what I teach people is that they need to have a positive attitude. They have to make sure that they have fresh air 
they have proper oxygenation of the body. And if that is that means that you go out for one minute outside in fresh air and you breathe ten times, and then you go back. And deep breathing means that you put your hands on your belly, and when you breathe in, you push out your hands, and when you uh, breathe out, you, you hands can have to come in. No money. And it's extremely important. Your head is cleaner, you have uh, clearer, you have less stress. It's extremely important. Plus, you don't get uh, sick as easily. The other thing is to have uh, proper uh, hydration. And why hydration is so important? Because all the signaling in uh, our cell-to-cell -cell signaling requires water. We are 70% water. So proper hydration is very important. And proper hydration doesn't mean that you drink one quart of water or half a, or a pint of water at a time. Having a, a bottle of water which you carry and out and you take a few sips of it uh, and then later on another few sips till you have two quarts of water a day, that is the right way to, to drink it. Because if you drink too much at a time, you actually go and uh, it's in, in and out very fast. So that's the secret, huh? Do it slowly. Do it slowly, about a quarter of a cup to half a cup at a time. The other thing that Thank is very that, important yeah. is to have connections. Because it, it's very easy, when, especially when you have a, somebody who is really, really sick, it's very easy to, to just drop your connections. So keeping the connections with family and friends, even if it's only uh, by texting, Right. Don't it's isolate yourself. Yeah. Don't disconnect yourself because you uh, it, it uh, leads to depression. Yeah. Great also, tips. Yeah. The other thing is uh, to be active. And to be active, that, uh... Sorry, go okay. ahead. The video went away. So you need to be active, and that again, it doesn't require too much time. Just have a fast walk around the block, and that will also oxygenate your body. You improve your uh, blood circulation, improve your lymphatic drainage. It's very important. And another thing which is important is find time for yourself. If it's 10 minutes, in which you meditate, find the time. Find the time to quiet down your mind. And meditation is extremely powerful. People don't even realize how powerful it is. And I have it has a different definitions. What's your definition of meditation? Anything that makes you relax. And I have a, a very uh, easy, lazy man's way to meditate. A very loose definition. What is yeah. it? A very easy way. Uh, you find a, a CD or uh, something on the web of guided meditation. Guided meditation is when somebody talks you through what to do during the meditation. 
And the reason we want a guided meditation because it will focus on your on the voice and it's much easier to relax. And you have to listen to this uh, CD or tape or whatever uh, three or four times, uh, fully awake and aware. So you are comfortable with the content. You you are not going to listen to find out the content. You know, with curiosity, you can fully relax. Once you are comfortable with the tape or CD, you put it on when you go to bed and you follow the instructions. Now, what will happen is that you are going to fall asleep faster and faster as you keep listening to it, but your mind will still uh, follow the uh, yeah. meditation. So you are having it's your sleep, sleep and no? your meditation at the same time. Oh, yeah. Or when you get a massage, like, uh, your meditation could be a massage, right? And they're yes. working you over, and, and many times I fall asleep during a massage. Yeah, but the people would tell you that, oh, I don't have time to go for a massage. <laughs> but they don't have an excuse uh, of not uh, using the meditation during the sleep. Right. Listen, we're going to take another break, so we'll be right back. Don't go away. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. Yes, and I can't stress the importance of our, our website, caregiverdave.com. It's there to help you. Every caregiver needs a support group. They can't do it by themselves. Get rid of that macho thing. I can do this by myself. No, you can't. <laughs> Otherwise, you will end up like that person who's, who's, who's uh, under the stress and, uh, you know, you don't want cancer. You don't want ulcers. You don't want colitis. You don't want all these uh, diseases that happen to people who are succumbed by stress. And we have free, free gifts if you go to our website and, and uh, just ask for them. It's free to join. You need to register so we can uh, stay in contact with you. One of the gifts is uh, a meditation uh, audio to, to guide you through the meditations, to guide you through the relaxation process. Then you get a, a copy of my book that I wrote called uh, One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words Over Unbelievable Hardships. My wife had a stroke many years ago, 25 years ago, and lost her speech, became paralyzed. Talk about stress. I mean, that, 
we went through a very, very bad grief period. And so, you know, you can learn so much by joining the group. And if you're watching this on YouTube or any other platform, just click down below that you're following us, you like us, if there's a subscribe button that you subscribe so that this can be sent to as many other caregivers as possible through the algorithms of, of these different platforms. So that's my little commercial. So make sure you do that. It's very, very important. So, and welcome back to the show, uh, Susanna. And um, we're talking about some very, very unusual and amazing things that I, I have to admit I did not know existed. And um, uh, I want healing. also to, to specify that uh, in many cities uh, there are these healing touch uh, places where uh, more experienced healing touch practitioners work with less experienced ones and you can get into these workshops uh, mm. for free and have healing done. And wh where are they? What are they called? How uh, do you find them? Uh, go to the uh, as the Healing Touch office. It's uh, healingbeyondborders.com and as the office and they will tell you where to find uh, these places. HealingBeyondBorders.com. Yeah. Now, what if a caregiver wants to help their loved one um, with some simple things uh, before they go get some training? What 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 quick tips can you say that are easy and and anyone can do, and uh, the patients will immediately feel the benefits of? Can you share some of that? Usually, people who are, who need a caregiver are uh, stuck in bed or stuck in a wheelchair. So one of the best things that you can do for somebody who is uh, immobile is to do massage. Mm. And uh, even if you don't know how to do massage. Just uh, take uh, start moving from the extremities towards the center of the body, that's the important part, because that uh, improves the circulation. And just rub it upwards uh, to, to the, towards the center of the body using some alcohol. And the alcohol, alcohol is in, yeah, really? because the alcohol- As opposed to uh, lotion. If you use alcohol, it uh, will warm up the body Mm. and uh, that will improve the circulation too. Uh, you can rub till, the, till they become red, and that, is, that means that the blood circulation is uh, stronger. And the important thing, again, is to rub from the extremities towards the center of the body. Now, you don't want to do this if they happen to have bed sores or open wounds, right? No, <laughs> of course. That would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> that would really hurt. And so, what can they do uh, for if someone is uh, bedridden and they're uh, susceptible to bed sores? Because um, uh, once you get them, man, they're hard to get rid of. I know. I know. I had experience with that. Uh, better to avoid. Um, An ounce of prevention I, is worth a pound of cure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't have any good advice for that. Okay, so it's the best advice is don't get them. 
Yeah, move move the person uh, for into different positions so they don't get. How them. often? Usually, medically, they recommend every two hours. Really? Yeah. So if they have to do this all night long, then it's time to get a facility because you're going to kill yourself waking up every two hours to, uh, turning your yeah. person, thinking you can there do all this by yourself. Yeah, there are also things that you can put in uh, the person's bed, which uh, it's kind of, uh, it has bumps, you know. Or, uh, yeah, the egg, egg crates, uh, foam or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Use some lotion. Uh, yeah, lotions, there are specific lotions to, to help the body. And I believe hospital beds that go up and down with the front and the back uh, help too, anything to shift yeah. your weight if you can't shift yourself and also if uh, you say, see a place of inflammation make a good strong uh, fresh chamomile tea and washing with chamomile tea wherever mm. is inflamed washing with tea huh? chamomile tea chamomile yeah yeah and i like to put a little handle so that they can lift themselves up a little bit to absolutely to just even to, to change their weight a little bit helps. Yeah, the, the idea is to change the place where it touches the bed mm. as much and, as you uh, can. And change the sheets frequently? That's very useful, absolutely, because you, you don't want to uh, have humidity. Humidity will, will uh, accelerate having bed sores. Well, let's talk about something you're also good in, brain trauma. What, what helped you get into that, and, and what are the best things we can do for someone who's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder or concussion, et cetera? Um, I would say that I got into it uh, because I had a two-by-four. <laughs> uh, I was you. working. I was working in a medical practice, and it was interesting. First of all, my PhD is in engineering, but my topic of the engineering uh, PhD was in designing computers with brain cell eye circuits. Oh my God! Uh, very smart. <laughs> then I got into then I got into healing, and I found that working with brain trauma was extremely easy for me. And I was surprised when I saw people around me not even being able to detect brain trauma. And then I had myself two brain injuries, slip and fall on ice, on the same day. And I went from being a highly recognized uh, engineer was uh, working long, long hours and then going to a medical practice doing healing to not being able to function at all. I couldn't remember words in any of the languages I speak, and I wow. speak a few. I was in terrible pain. Later on, slowly, slowly, I found out that I had trauma all over my body. Even my palate bones were on top of each other. My eye sockets were out of place. My oh my, my tailbone was broken. My, I, uh, I had a hairline fracture in my uh, neck. Uh, uh, my oh my, my uh, pelvis was moved in three directions. It's a miracle you can talk. Exactly. 
Now, my luck was because I was working before with brain injuries, I knew what to do to limit the effect of the brain injury. And uh, the secret is to limit as much as possible the swelling that comes after brain injury. So what I did, I immediately, I had somebody who do some uh, Feldenkrais, which is a, a method of relieving trauma. You can, uh, and also I had some a chiropractor work on me and rearrange my spine. Oh. And then I had my spine after that uh, on ice for the whole weekend because this happened on a Saturday. But in spite of that, I had a lot of pain. I, I uh, wasn't able to lie down in a bed for about two years. I was in so much pain. How and then we sleep? found out, uh, I fell asleep and I was, would be exhausted sitting in a lazy boy. Wow. And I found out late, uh, my, the, because of the trauma, my skull was stuck on my atlas bone, the bone uh, uh, on which it rotates. And because of that, I had a, I found out later I had also a pituitary injury and I had my optic nerve injured. And anyway, so I was able to release the first uh, to limit the swelling, post-trauma swelling, but I was in a very bad shape. And because I had part of my injury was also. Uh, a frontal brain injury, I didn't have the stop that uh, judges what you are doing. So I ended up uh, being sent from one practitioner to the next to the next in the hopes that I would get better and I spent a lot of money for ineffective stuff. Mm. And that one, eventually I couldn't work anymore, I couldn't function, I would sleep, I would fall asleep while driving my driver's license was taken away and I had to leave my profession. Wow. And uh, I realized that uh, people are, uh, are so desperate when they have a brain injury that they would pay anything till, uh, and not yeah. having to stop, you don't even realize what you are doing. So you ruin I, your life and lowest, your family's life, yes. Yeah, at the lowest point I decide is that I will use my knowledge as a healer, put myself back together, and then I will write a book about what therapies are really good and what people should do. And that's how I got into working with brain injuries. <laughs> uh, we have run out of time, so how can we get this book uh, for brain injuries and how can we contact you and, and follow you? Uh, the best is to go to my website, uh, which is very easy, healingbraininjury.com. You will find a wealth of information, a lot of interviews, uh, the description of my books, and they are all available from Amazon. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish we had another hour to continue talking, but, you know, time is the enemy. But, uh, yeah. again, thank you, everybody. Um, and uh, my website is caregiverdave.com. Again, I've got some gifts for you. Please join, come and visit us. Please uh, like this video or this audio, subscribe, and uh, we will see you next week. So bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes it feels 
Like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in.